Hello, this is Yusra from newsroundly.com, bringing you your daily dose of news. Today is Tuesday, the 6th of July. India recorded over 34,000 new COVID-19 cases in the last 24 hours, taking its tally of infections to 3.06 crore. This is the lowest daily rise in cases in 111 days. The death toll increased by 553. The total fatality count now stands at 4.03 lakh. All these figures, however, are widely believed to be undercounts. A study by scientists in India in collaboration with scientists from the Cambridge Institute of Therapeutic Immunology and Infectious Disease suggested that COVID-19 vaccines could be eight times less effective against the Delta variant. The analysis was done on more than 100 healthcare workers across three Delhi hospitals. It also showed that the Delta variant of COVID was the most prevalent in breakthrough infections after receiving the vaccine. Breakthrough infections refer to infections contracted after receiving at least one dose of a vaccine. Addressing the COVID global conclave via video conferencing on Monday, Prime Minister Modi offered the vaccination tracking platform COVID as a digital public good to other countries. Modi said that the COVID app was designed to be open source and that it is readily available package for developers. He also added that the platform can be customized to any country as per local requirements. The Supreme Court today dismissed a plea that sought to conduct the Rath Yatra at various places other than Puri in Odisha. The Rath Yatra is an annual ritual and is scheduled to be held on July 12th this year. A bench headed by Chief Justice N.V. Ramana said that it would not interfere with the directions passed by the state government under the Disaster Management Act. In another notice, the Apex Court directed the centre to make sure that the patients in mental health institutions are tested for COVID-19 and are inoculated against the disease at the earliest. The Gujarat government will compensate nearly 800 children who have been orphaned due to COVID-19 in Gujarat under the Mukhi Mantri Bal Sahaya Yojana. Under the scheme, a child who lost a single surviving parent due to COVID will also be included as a beneficiary. These children will be provided with financial, educational and health assistance till they turn 24 years of age. The German government's health agency on Monday pulled off the travel restrictions from India, the United Kingdom, Russia, Portugal and Nepal. This ease on COVID curbs will reportedly be implemented from Wednesday. At the global level, the coronavirus disease has infected over 18.41 crore people and killed more than 39.83 lakh since the pandemic broke out in December 2019, according to Johns Hopkins University. Global media watchdog reporter Sans Frontier has labelled Prime Minister Narendra Modi in its list of 37 heads of states labelled as press freedom predators. Modi has been in Reporters Sans Frontier list ever since he took office in 2014. In his entry about PM Modi, RSF wrote, and I quote, After becoming Gujarat's chief minister in 2001, he used this western state as a laboratory for the news and information control methods he deployed after being elected as India's prime minister in 2014, unquote. It also added that Modi's leading weapon is to flood the mainstream media with speeches and information to legitimize his national populist ideology. Reporter Sans Frontier also mentioned about the killing of journalist Gauri Lankesh and the virulent targeting of Rana Ayub and Barkhadat. In April, the global watchdog had said that India was one of the most dangerous countries in the world for journalists. As India gains more notorious fame over its press freedom, we at newsrani.com continue to commit to independent reportage that is powered by our readers. We're doing our best to hold power accountable at a time where it is increasingly difficult to do so. 
We are an independent news platform producing podcasts, ground reports, interviews, videos, media critique, and much more. And we would not be able to hold truth to power if it were not for our subscribers who fund us. So if you are not a subscriber, then now is the time to join the movement to keep news free and independent. Go to newslaundry.com and hit the subscribe button at the top right-hand corner. Pay to keep news free. The Delhi High Court today pulled up Twitter for not appointing grievance officer in compliance with the new information technology rules. The bench comprising Justice Rekha Pali said, "If Twitter thinks it can take as long as it wants in our country, I will not allow that." The High Court was hearing a petition filed by a social media user. The petitioner had alleged that he found certain defamatory and false posts while scrolling through the platform on May 26th. And when he tried to file a complaint, he could not find the resident grievance redressal officer's details on Twitter's website. On the petition, the Delhi High Court had asked Twitter to comply with the new IT rules. This came a day after Centre filed the affidavit in relation to the same plea informing the Delhi High Court that Twitter has lost its safe harbour immunity under the Information Technology Act. The center mentioned that it is due to non-compliance with the new social media rules. It added that social media websites were given a sufficient period of three months for complying with the rules, which came into effect on May 26th. This is the first occasion that the center has gone on record to state the development. If the court accepts the center's submission, Twitter will, as a result, be scraped from the protection that social media websites have against legal proceedings for unlawful content posted by users. However, Experts and digital advocacy groups dealing with laws related to the internet have suggested that the new IT rules do not contain any power or process for grant or revocation of an intermediary status of social media platforms or other websites. Amid the expected reports of cabinet expansion and reshuffling later this week, the union government today transferred and appointed governors of eight states. One of the major changes included the appointment of union minister Thawar Chand Gehloth as a governor of Karnataka. Hari Babu Kambhapti, former Lok Sabha member from Rishakhapatnam and a member of BJP's national executive, has been appointed as the governor of Mizoram. BJP leader from Gujarat, Mangu Bhai Chagan Bhai Patel, has become the governor of Madhya Pradesh. BJP's Rajendra Vishwanath Arlekar will take over as a governor of Himachal Pradesh. Meanwhile. The previous governors of these states have been moved to other Raj Bhavans. P.S. Sridharan Pillai has been transferred to Goa. Satyadev Narayan Arya will move from Haryana to Tripura. Senior RSS leader Bandaru Dattatreya, who was serving as a governor of Himachal Pradesh, is transferred and appointed as governor of Haryana. All these appointments, however, gave rise to a lot of speculative consequences. The Delhi High Court today issued a notice to the centre in relation to a petition that sought legal recognition for same-sex marriages under the Citizenship Act, the Special Marriage Act and the Foreign Marriage Act. The petition was filed by Joydeep Sen Gupta, a Canadian citizen and his partner, Russell Blaine Stephens. Citing that Section 7A1D of the Citizenship Act 1955 did not differentiate between heterosexual and same-sex partners, The petitioners argued that any person married to an overseas citizen of India should also be eligible to apply for an OCI card. They also urged the High Court to prohibit the Consulate General of India in New York from declaring same-sex spouses of overseas citizens of India ineligible to apply for the permit themselves. The petitioners also argued that the exclusion of same-sex marriages from the Special Marriage Act and the Foreign Marriage Act was a violation of Article 14, Equality Before the Law. and 21 protection of life and personal liberty of the constitution of india 
The High Court bench has sought responses from the Ministry of External Affairs, the Ministry of Home Affairs, and the Consulate General of India in New York after hearing the plea. In May, the centre had opposed an urgent hearing of the batch of petitions in the Delhi High Court seeking recognition for same-sex marriages. Six journalists in Madhya Pradesh's Khargon district were booked for rioting and using criminal force, among other charges. According to the district police, this came after they allegedly got into an argument with a district mining officer. The complaint registered by mining officer Savan Chauhan stated that on July 1st, the six accused came seeking a comment to his office for a story on illegal sand mining involving two contractors. He alleged that they abused and bullied him for giving a bite after his refusal. However, the six accused denied Chauhan's claims. In this regard, President of the District Journalists Association, Sunil Sharma, said that the FIR was fake while quoting a video of the incident released on Monday. In the video, the journalists were seen repeatedly seeking a statement from the district mining officer on violations of the NGT's order banning sand mining, but there were no incidents of abuse. Meanwhile, Madhya Pradesh Agricultural Minister Kamal Patel, who is also the state's minister in charge of Khargon, said that he would hold an impartial probe into the charges. Speaking of the police, an all-too-familiar case of police brutality recently occurred in Chhattisgarh, where an Adivasi farmer was tortured and shot dead in cold blood. A victim of yet another cooked-up encounter story, the charges against him are tired old tropes that seem like a cliched template used over and over in Naxal cases recorded over the years. Why are the villagers refusing to collect his body in protest? What do the eyewitness accounts have to say? Read our recent ground report by Pratik Goel, titled How Chhattisgarh Police Hunted an Adivasi Farmer. The Hong Kong officials today brushed off the warning issued by major tech companies, including Google, Facebook, and Twitter, that they could stop offering their services in Hong Kong if the Chinese territory continued with plans to change privacy laws. The Asia Internet Coalition that includes tech companies like Google, Twitter, LinkedIn, amongst others, had written a warning letter on June 25th, which was first reported yesterday by the Wall Street Journal. In the letter, AIC mentioned that introducing sanctions aimed at individuals is not aligned with global norms and trends. The proposed amendments included imposing a one-year jail term and a maximum fine of 1 million Hong Kong dollars for offenders who disclose personal data without consent. Meanwhile, in response to this, the chief executive of Hong Kong, Carrie Lam, said that the proposed changes would only target illegal doxing. It is an act of sharing people's private details online without their consent. That's all the news we have for you today. Stay safe wherever you're listening from. See you tomorrow. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Oh, 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 oh,